Hello, and welcome to All About Animals Radio and Animal Advocate Alliance. I am your host, Billy Groom. I am beyond honored to bring you our special guest, Tom, founder of Breaking the Chains International and Specialist Tactical Animal Relief, or STAR, which accurately describes Tom's mission and the enormous accomplishments of his team in less than a year, that of providing aid to animals and people caught in the war in Ukraine and getting animals to safety. What I love about Tom is how he employs his tactical skills. He is ex-British military, combined with his strategic planning skills to overcome challenges and barriers, to stay focused on the mission. This is truly my kind of person. So I am super excited for this chat. Welcome, Tom. Oh, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, yeah, it's great. So I'm going to start right at the beginning. How did this just start? Were you just brushing your teeth one morning and decided, wow, I'm going to call up my friend Steve and see what he's got going on and maybe we'll just hop into the midst of the war zone or how did that all happen? No, so I was actually, so obviously I was, I was studying um, Ukraine, obviously, and what was going on for the weeks before the, the invasion stuff. And I was actually already out at Steve's. So Oh, okay. We're already together at his, and obviously when the Russians invaded, I actually looked at Steve and said, "Look, man, do you wanna, do you fancy going and uh, going camping for, for a couple of weeks?" And then obviously I knew where I was going and what I was doing, and yeah, so basically the long journey up to Ukraine, and then we finally got near there, and he was like, "We ain't going camping in the mountains, are we?" <laughs> like, no. Nice yeah. one, nice tactical strategy. Kind of a yeah, roped him into it a little bit, so no, that was quite funny. That's awesome. So your first mission was how, was when? What day? Uh, so I think it was around about the oh, about six days after the invasion um, started. Holy smokes! Yeah, so around about six days. So I spent the first obviously when when Russia invaded because you, you can't just go running into into something like that. Obviously, you need to see how the war is going to progress and then try and obviously identify the tactics that the Russians are going to be using, their advance lines, where they were going to be going and, and what they're going to be doing and try and preempt it so that obviously we could get in there and basically be as effective as possible without running into something like silly, basically. So, yeah, so I studied it for about a week um, and then obviously came up with my assumptions and my assessments and then we went from there. So to people, listener in the listener world there, he's got a great YouTube channel and um, lots of videos on there that are really, they're right in, they're right in their action. Like these people are going right in there, delivering food, uh, delivering aid, getting animals out. So lots of dogs and cats, but you also have some parrots thrown in there. And what I was just blown away by was the the lion and the the pride of lions. Yes, yeah, so there was so there was there was there was nine lions um, that we worked with two other great individuals and great organisations on. So it wasn't just wasn't just breaking chains. It was obviously a team effort. Now, in right order on. in order to do something like that, you've got to have um, obviously people that know about those animals because. Yeah, I've got a military background. I know dogs, I know cats, stuff like that. But lions is a completely different ball game. So obviously, um, so a gentleman called Lionel from uh, South Africa is huge, like lion advocate. He specialises in obviously like, like conservation of lions and stuff like that. He actually reached out to me. He coordinated the whole thing. So obviously, you need paperwork and all that sort of stuff. 
he did that side of life and obviously joined us um, on the move of the Lions and offered his advice and expertise and stuff, knowledge of Lions, while my guys obviously did like the manual, man, uh, manual handling. And then I managed to get a vet in um, from Worldwide Vets called uh, Gemma, absolutely incredible lady. She came along with us and she dealt with the sedation. So yeah, so it wasn't just a breaking the chain thing. It was a it was a team effort, three three organisations working together to save some incredibly beautiful and precious animals. That's great. Collaboration is key. That is so great. I know that picture. People, you got to go see this this picture of them carrying this. That's a lioness, I guess. You guys look like. Pez dispenser, little people. You look like little bobbleheads. This lion is massive, absolutely enormous. And they're carrying this lion out on a stretcher. It's it's just, and, and like you said, team team effort. I mean, you need the veterinarians and the people that know about those animals, and then you bring in your skills. It's such a phenomenal collaboration of, of skilled and heartfelt people. It's amazing. The, the other one was the chickens, getting those chickens. I had to say I was laughing. You guys were <laughs> trying to run around getting these chickens. And what what a beautiful thing to do. I mean, they're 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 species that deserve to find their way to safety as well, right? Yeah, 100 percent So we actually we had the like so when we was doing it, we obviously it was a, re- it was a really bad area, it had just been liberated. Um it was just it was just destruction everywhere. So we Yes, there was. We actually um but I think on that day as well, I ended up crawling into a blown up building underneath to get four pups out um, that were obviously trapped underneath the, the rubble and stuff. So mm, yeah. I saw that. It was quite, a, yeah, it was, it was an interesting day. And then we, yeah. we came across these these free chickens and there was like UXOs everywhere and stuff. And I, I just looked at the lads and I was just like, yeah, we, we, we can't leave these. And um, oh, yeah, so we had a we had a fun time trying to get them. But it was just, it was just one of them like ridiculous moments that you just never never thought you'd never thought you'd be doing and and that's why we, and because there was a lot of humor obviously with, with me and the lads when we was doing it i know people might sit there and think oh human a war zone you see and stuff like yeah, that but, you gotta have it it was awesome it was good yeah, you, you you've got to have it because at the end of the day it's what drives you and if, if you don't have it then you mentally you'll just crumble in, in a matter of days so you, you've got to maintain that humor and and yeah we actually had like it brought a smile to our eyes and then when it came to the video i said to obviously so my guy who edits our videos and stuff, I said, mate, I was like, this was hilarious. This needs to show, obviously, what it was. And then, yeah, he did a cracking job. And the, the thing is, is we've got so many great, great followers, supporters, passionate animal lovers that just constantly see the devastation and destruction. So we wanted to give them something that, that made them smile and, and made them laugh. And they, they really enjoyed it. So it, yeah, the video did its did its bit, which was... Which oh, was- yeah. It was great. And there is. There's tons of devastation. But like you said, I think it's that ability to just keep focused on the mission and you can do what you can do. There's other people that have different skills, other people that are, you know, dealing with the war itself. So you just go in there and do what you do. And it's so great because you can just see it evolve in these, in these videos. So it's so great that you, you have those um, back to the the puppies. Yeah. Wow. They were like little, just born little guys. And that this dog, you can see, I know people listening to this can't, but there's a little, uh, well, not little, he's medium-sized dog that I scooped off the streets of Mexico right behind me here, and he was watching the videos with me. And when the dogs were barking, didn't phase him because, you know, I'm on with clients all the time and dogs are barking and things like that. But when those puppies whined, oh, he he was just sat right up and started to whine. They were just the 
they were really, really newborn. And the great thing is that you really knew to, to get them with the mom. You got the mom, you rescued the mom, put them all together. And it really is just about what those animals need right then. It's really so. So people, you got to go see these videos. Jumping ahead, you had a little bit of an issue. There was a, a law changed where you couldn't take the animals. I guess you were taking them out of Ukraine to other countries and then you weren't able to do that. Yeah, so so at so the start of the war, um, a lot of a lot of laws were relaxed. Um, we we never actually took um, so basically so other organisations and stuff like we we went and rescued animals for and stuff. Obviously, that they, they took them out of the country. But when um, when the laws obviously like tightened up and no one could like legally take animals out of the country anymore. Um, that was when I was like, right, we, we need to do something about this. We need to put something in place. So yeah, we then started building our own shelter inside of Ukraine. Okay. And that's in a fairly safe, is there a safe area? Cause some of those videos, there's bombing going all around you. Honestly, I would be hopping in your backpack and probably shitting my pants seriously. Like there's bombings and it's just destruction, but where that shelter is, is. Yeah. So, so the, so the majority that's, so around about, I think about 25% of Ukraine's like land masses clusters, like the conflict area at the moment. So you've got 75% that's obviously free. Now there is, there is a threat of obviously drone strikes, rocket attacks, uh, missile attacks all over the country. But we, uh, we had a look at an area and obviously I deemed it appropriate, safe enough, um, obviously to build a shelter there, but also, Ukraine's huge, so we needed a distance that the ground team didn't have to drive from one border all the way to the conflict area. So that's like twenty, like twenty hours just to get there, and then twenty hours to get back. So we're about wow. six hours in land, but we're in a yeah, it's a it's a relatively safe area. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you got to think about. Again, in in the video, you were talking about how you have to fill up with gas, you containers of gas, because it's mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I mean, you can't just go in there. Oh, you know, where's a gas station? Everything is destroyed. So there's just a lot of planning and a lot of time and making sure that you have everything that you need when you go in. That shelter is how far completed? Uh, so it's basically, it's like 95% completed now. The wow. kennel, the kennel blocks are built. Um, it's obviously the electric and the heating and stuff's going in. Not like that much makes more difference at the moment because there's no power in Ukraine. So like the power's sporadic but it's the heated kennels obviously for the winter um but then also it allows that the front basically can come off to allow it to then be like breezy and stuff in in the summer so yeah i put a lot of um a lot of thought into it because i didn't want to just because these animals legally to be able to move they need to be with us for at least four months from the point of getting them from the conflict areas to get them to shelter you're looking at four months like to be able to legally get them done with the vaccinations the tighter testing then the tighter test quarantine because everything needs to be done legally because if we don't do it legally, then European countries will just go, right, stop. You ain't, they'll just ban like the mm-hmm. UK. And then, yeah. then we're in big trouble. So it's about, about doing it legally, but then also making sure they're comfortable in, in every possible climate. And I said to my guys and stuff, like that, I said, look, we need to be able to shelter here, but we, we don't just want to like go out at half-assed. We want to want to build something that can stand, obviously, as like an example to like the remainder of Ukraine, stuff like that, when obviously the war finishes um so yeah and like my example is i want it to be like mr miyagi's back garden so it's it's just yeah nice beautiful the animals love it Mm, Um, that's so nice and you've got a vet clinic in there yeah we do yeah we've got a vet clinic in there we've got a permanent ukrainian veterinarian and um veterinary nurse so yeah nice it's it's really good yeah how big is your team 
all depends. It fluctuates. Um, I say fluctuates. It depends, obviously, any given moment in, in Ukraine, depending on what we're doing, will depend on, obviously, numbers and stuff. But currently, around about uh, 22, 23 people. Way to go. That's nice. And some of them are, so, there's a lot of people helping you that are not in Ukraine. And this is... Yeah, hundred hundred percent. I mean, we've got we've got team members that work obviously remotely and stuff because there's a lot of admin to do. Um, we've got shelter staff, Ukrainian shelter staff, obviously who look after the animals every day. Ukrainian vet, Ukrainian vet tech. Um, we've got obviously Western uh, like kennel staff and like trainers who obviously help obviously rehabilitate the animals and stuff. Then we've got the ground team. Um, we've got people obviously who deal with admin and logistics outside of Ukraine. Yeah, we've, we've got a great team of a great team of people. That is phenomenal. Good for you. And remember, people, this is all, what, like eight, nine months or something. This is amazing. So they, there are dogs, you adopt out these dogs and cats. Do you, do you find, and they get, they get adopted and off they go. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So um, obviously, wait, Ben, there's, there's some legal parameters and stuff that we need to get around with certain countries and, and stuff like that. But yeah, we, we dot the animals out across Europe. We've had some animals go to the US and we had like 30. Yeah, go to the US the other week. Um, yeah, we find them the best homes we possibly can, i.e. the best homes for the animals, and then we do what we can to get them there. So funding helps with that, donations. And hey, you've got a really cool sponsor program, so people can go in there and pick an animal and sponsor that animal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's fun- great. Yeah, fun- funding's vital. It's, it's absolutely paramount. And as I always say to people, like we're, we might be on the ground doing stuff, and people like to brand around and throw like, certain words around like heroes and stuff like that but that's not the case we do what we do because we love it and if we wasn't uh, if we didn't get the support that we got like we wouldn't be able to do it we're merely the instrument of people's goodwill um and and you have the skills and you have the skills like you have different skills that other people don't have yeah we do but like towards towards that's normal it it comes like naturally to us because we've done it like the ground team that's that's what we've done all lives like in in the military so it's and then combining that loving animals is with a, with a perfect fit for what we do. So it is, you are, it's amazing. It really is great. What, um, is, is a lot of how people can help you, um, and different skills, but you've, you've covered it a fair bit. Can, can people just sign up? It seems like they can go to your website if they're interested in actually helping at the shelter or donating or sponsoring, or maybe helping on the techie side behind the scenes. Yeah, everything. So everything's up on the website. Um, people want to volunteer in Ukraine. Obviously, we've we've got certain requirements that obviously volunteers need to meet. That people need to meet in order to come and volunteer at the shelter. Um, every person who comes, like uh, to be a ground team member, you basically got to be handpicked by myself and um, one of my, one of my other team members. So that's not something that people can just apply. For sure. Absolutely. Um, you need you need to be selected and like handpicked by us because we, we need to, it's a completely different realm um, to anything else. Then to be a shelter volunteer, yeah, same detail. There's, there's, there's certain requirements that's required just purely because of like at the moment, for instance, the, the shelter's operating on two to four hours power a day. So there's no phone signals, no water, there's no heating, there's no, there's no lighting. It gets to like minus 10. So they've got to like, obviously these individuals got to be robust and then, but then also they've got to have the mental strength to be able to witness the animals that the the ground team brings back in because that's that, that's emotionally like impacting on on anybody really. So it's mm-hmm. getting the right fit. But anybody can apply. Um, just jump over to the email, obviously to the website. Drop us an email. Same detail if you want to like help out virtually or you want to do some sort of fundraiser or anything like that. Then yeah, just on the website, fire us an email, and then 
we can talk you through um, whatever you want to do and try and assist and, and help you in whatever way we can. That's great. And all those links are in the show notes. And if, yeah, people, I really suggest just going to the different website. Oh, and there's really cool swag. You can buy swag. They've got really cool uh, cool gear going on and you can buy that and then you can wear it around and advertise. So do that too. But mostly I just really am so honored to be able to, to meet you and talk to you because you're just doing great, great things. And that's what it's really all about, taking what, what you have, what you can do, collaborating with other people that have different skills and making a difference. So Tom, thank you so much for sharing your, well, sharing you and your time and and what you're all about. Really appreciate it. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Can I just say one thing? Um, you sure you can say everything you want to say. So basically, like Ukraine's in absolute disarray at the moment and yes. not just animals, but obviously also the people. So although I'm here obviously talking about my organization and, and breaking the change, there are many, many great organizations working inside of Ukraine, both people obviously like who are Ukrainian and others from, from around the world. So I'm not here just basically going support breaking change. I mean, that'd be brilliant. But obviously, if you can support any organization working in Ukraine to help the animals, it's an animal's an animal. It doesn't matter who rescues them. Just throw out support where you can and however you can and as, as much as you can, because it's the animals at the end of the day that need the help. It doesn't matter who they get it from. Mm-hmm.